0: It's an industry that I generally love, I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep, I live for fitness. No, you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up, think about it, you need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think about what you can do better. Genuinely, like just be like patient and take your time. Like that that is like you've gotta take it all in, in the right steps. You've got a nail what you do in person before you go and like i don't like to talk about fear the fears is usually something that makes your worries real welcome to the coaching united podcast my name is alex if you're a new listener the show is released every sunday on all the major platforms including spotify and itunes so be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a show Every week, we invite a new guest from the fitness industry or coaching space to share their personal journey in business. We will deep dive into actionable ideas, strategies, and systems that you can apply in your life and business too. You can also access free weekly content in our private Facebook group by searching Coaching Ignited. And if you're a face to face personal trainer with room to take on additional clients, Head over to coachingignited.com where you can apply for our 30-day Client Accelerator program and find out more about our business, sales, and marketing training platform. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Today, we've got Rich Wellington, a fellow salesman coming on who's a coach, mentor, business owner, and he's got a ton of experience In the field of sales now to a lot of you that sounds like a dirty word but sales is really the cornerstone to building a successful business if you want to find dream clients if you want to make more money if you want to have more freedom if you want to charge more for your services sales is really going to facilitate that so this is by far one of the most important pieces that we cover on this podcast and so I really want you to listen intently to some of the things that we discuss on this podcast. Maybe get a pen and paper, get a coffee. It's quite a long one, but there's going to be a ton of things in here that should give you some moments where you think, "Okay, I need to approach sales in a different way." And we're also going to give you some some guidance, some strategy, but also some resources and things to really hone in on that's going to help you in your careers, in your businesses. So let's get into this week's episode. Right, we're in session. We're live.
1: Oh, am, I, am I allowed to talk now? Yeah, you're allowed to talk. Ah, oh, wicked,
0: wicked. Like, well, pl- oh, pleased to meet you. It's so nice to be here. For <laughs> so anyone just like getting into this podcast, we've been laughing behind the scenes for the last <laughs> five minutes <laughs> and talking about how Rich has positioned himself for this podcast, I don't know if we should reveal that to people, should we?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm. I'm absolutely, uh, as you, you say up here in, in Yorkshire, we're sweating cobs. I'm, I'm just Alex has just had me running around the house looking for Apple pods, so I've had to take my top off. And the other reason why I've got my top off is uh, for the first time yesterday I had my chest waxed, so at the minute I'm nursing a little bit of a sore chest. So it just feels nice to have the cold breeze uh, just blowing across my, my my loins and my torso. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm semi semi naked, but yeah, not not fully naked, as Alex asked.
0: There you go, guys. So I hope everyone's got a good picture of how Rich is set himself up. He's going to introduce himself in a second, and um, this is really going to be a fun podcast. I think based on how it started already, we're basically chucking two sales guys on a show we're gonna shoot the shit aren't we we're gonna have a bit of a chinwag yeah. hopefully cover some valuable stuff that's gonna help people and um the theme i shot you over an idea earlier today we're gonna call it the um secrets to selling fitness that nice. was sexiest, a yeah. sexiest kind of tagline we could think of right yeah, I think I think the I think the first secret is
1: there is no actual bloody secret. Just to, you know, spoiler, he dies. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, there's no there's no actual secret, as I'm I'm sure all of you guys that listen to Alex religiously is you know probably alludes to the fact that there is no bloody secret. So this, yeah, I'm really excited to be here, dude. And you know, you you tell me when you want me to say what and and keep talking. Otherwise, I'll just I'll just keep rabbiting like I am doing now and just chewing
0: up people's ears. Now, let's get into it then. So I want to get um, into your backstory first. We don't have to go back to birth, right? (laughs) Because that'll be...
1: (laughs) The the problem you've had is you've listened to me talk on
0: George George and James's remote revolution. I've heard some of your interviews. We don't have to go back to birth, but anything relevant that's going to bring people up to speed, anyone that doesn't know you right now um, listening to this podcast let's go back to that point and let's bring them up to today and why we're speaking because you're not just a person sat half naked in a room you've actually got some expertise to share with people today so That's,
1: yeah that makes it even stranger doesn't it that makes I know, it even weirder that i'm I'm classed as an expert but i'm just a uh, you know naked with um all sorts of weird things on my desk but yeah so pl- pleased to meet you all and uh for you listening uh, in on the subway right now, I'm coming in your ears. But my, my name's uh, my name's Rich Wellington, and for a number of years, I didn't actually realise this myself. In all honesty, I, I've, I've been a bit of a sales expert, a uh, bit of a, like a go-to guy for specifically, I guess, in the health and fitness industry. But I help businesses across lots of broad terrains uh, all over the world. Uh, you know, create sales teams train their staff implement sales systems and processes and i've been really grateful um to have worked with you know some of the best guys in like the course creation industry health and fitness industry you know people that own like massive gym chains over in london and dubai and stuff so yeah it's really it's really, it's really exciting it's really exciting but it's one of those things that if i was to rewind you a little bit just to give you a little bit of a backstory, like. I guess I've been selling and been exposed to, you know, sort of helping people because I guess that's what's at the core of me. I'm an ENFP for anyone that's interested. Sun sign Leo, Moon sign Gemini. So I've got all these different sorts of weird personalities, and um, I had a bit of an unconventional upbringing. And around about the age of ten, after you know we we sort of struggled with money for a lot of years, um, mum created this family business, and this was back in sort of. The late nineties, nineteen ninety eight, and from being sort of ten years old, I was exposed to people like coming over to our house and buying uh, buying ink cartridges and buying graphic design work and business cards and stuff. And then we had a couple of shops that we created from uh, you know from that, and it you know blew up to be pretty pretty massive. Uh, in all honesty, and my mum became a millionaire s, and you know we lived a pretty pretty wicked lifestyle. Um, but one of the, I guess one of the biggest things. And, that, and it still gets me excited now when I think back, like working in the shops, that was where I really felt like, because I left school when I was 15. So between 15 and sort of 19, I was truly in my element where uh, you know I had control of a, you know a couple of guys that, that worked you know inside the shops with me and stuff, and I just loved I just loved people coming in with that clueless look on their face, not knowing what they wanted. You know, I guess a little bit intimidated to ask technical questions because we specialized in making computers and repairing them as well as all the graphic design stuff. And then, you know, half an hour, 60 minutes later, they walk out with a big smile on their face and they've parted ways with the amount of money that they feel has been balanced with what they've got in terms of value. And um, yeah, I have a full heart. So that was always really important to me from being really young, is <clears throat> to feel like I was giving a great service, you know, <laughs> and entertaining people as well as actually providing them with the actual thing uh, that they'd come in for in the first place. So I guess if we are sort of rooting this to secrets of, you know, selling fitness, you know, you can learn techniques and strategies and tactics all you like, but if you're not prepared to let your own personality sort of shine through, then there'll never be any uh, like deep, buying and deep connection with that or group of people that you're actually communicating with. And that's something again, I didn't realize at the time that I was actually doing, but as I've got a little bit older and observed other people, that's, you know, it's vitally important. And then anyway, just to skip, skip past, otherwise I'll, again, I'll just keep talking forever. I, um, I went on to sell cars and vans, you know, sort of commercial vehicles as well as stuff to sort of general public. And then, um, I worked for a business selling uh, importing specialist woods and I sold log cabins all the way from sort of dog houses all the way up to actual full houses. you like three-story log cabin houses and that was a pretty cool job. And then I was also working the doors at the time. So I'm not a massive guy, you know, six, two, six, three, 18 stone, something like that and it just sort of fit and I'd love being around people as well. And I didn't really drink cause I've always been to my fitness. But I remember having this revelation one night when I was stood on the doors that I'm not living up to my potential, you know, sort of watching all these drunk people stumble around and stuff. And I was like, there's got to be something more than this. And I guess I missed uh, the technical side of what I was doing in the family business as well. So I started Googling when I, when I got back that night, it was early hours of the morning, and uh, I was like, look at what best careers in the world, best jobs, you know, what what can I do? And I'd always continued uh, from being really young, again, like sort of 10, 11 years old, as soon as I was surrounded by uh, CDR, DVDR, and computers that could, you know, copy stuff. I've always, I always had like a little side hustle um, of ripping MP3s and selling DVDs to my teachers and all that sort of stuff. So I still have all that all that, those bits sort of going on. But I guess I kind of wanted to get straight, if you like, and have like a serious career. Um, and I found, you know, army, Royal Air Force, you know, sort of be the best, that sort of mentality. And I was like, I can fucking do that. So I went, I went to the careers office the next day. I uh, went over to Hull and I ended up, uh, ended up approaching the Royal Air Force guy, and he told me all about, uh, you know, you can be part of something pretty special. You can come and do IT. You know, you can learn how to service radars. You can do intelligence. So that's what I opted to do. So I was like an IT intelligence specialist. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good at what I I did. Uh, I was part of a really small group of people throughout the whole of all three forces that were able to read certain things at certain levels of secrecy. So again, you know, sort of pushed my way into the places that I needed to be. But then I lacked satisfaction with what I was doing so i decided to leave before i left so, hold on have a bit of my coffee i um i created a medical supplies business again i just sort of looked around and just thought what what like what's everyone asking for so we p- became uh the uk's one of the uk's biggest underground providers of needles syringes sharps beans alcohol wipes like our main buyers were you know drug users uh, you know, steroid users and things like that in the UK. But we also uh, imported and exported large medicinal um, batches of all these, um again, syringes and needles like Africa and places that needed medicine as well. So I created that business before I even left the Air Force. And, uh, yeah, I was make, making a ton of money. But the problem I had when I transitioned out of leaving the Air Force and doing that was I caught, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror, Alex, in my office one day. And... um pantpreneur was something that I sort of, you know, called myself back then. It's 2010, something like that, 2011. And I had the cat that I just got on my lap. I didn't have to leave the house, you know, to run this business, you know, it's just telephone, you know, the delivery guy had turned up with stuff, I'd relabel it, send it fucking back out. Um, and I caught a glimpse look, myself in the mirror and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you just you wanted to do something to, you know, to maximize your potential and, you know, have fun. And you just fucking sat here stroking this cat selling needles and syringes. So I decided to can it uh, just for my own sort of mental state of mind, if nothing else. And uh, I went out into the local community and at that point I'd started moving back towards sort of hometown. So I was born in Scarborough and I grew up in a little town called Driffield, over here in East Yorkshire. And at that time I'd actually moved back to, uh, moved to Moulton, one of the villages around there, which is North Yorkshire, near York. And um, I approached one of the sports centers and the CEO at the time, he was a consultant and he'd been brought in by the council. To basically maintain all the sports centres, swimming pools, and stuff in the area. It turns out he was actually an ex Royal Marine. So when I had contacted them and said, you know, this is what I'm sort of capable of doing, this is what I'm looking to sort of achieve, he basically called me up personally and said, you know, come into the office and have a chat with me. And we just hit it off straight away. You know, both been ex services, great guy, taught me a lot about business. And it almost felt like, you know, he's mentoring me a little bit. Like he used to send me to all sorts of massive sports centers and massive facilities all over the UK. And basically it's like, right, here's your homework. Here's what you need to go study. Here's all the questions you need to ask. And then I want you to come back to me and like report, like what have you learned about their facility? So I used to go out and do stuff like that. And I learned a lot about how to run sports centers and, you know, self-fitness and stuff, at least like over the counter sort of membership stuff. Uh, I decided to leave there because, again, uh, there was really nowhere else I could sort of go inside the company. So I did that for about a year. And at the time, I decided I wanted to do my lifeguard qualification. I went and did my level two and level three, you know, personal training qualifications. And I I started looking for a gym of my own. And um, I went to to this gym uh, in Moulton. And, again, I just hit it off straight away with a guy that, that had recently just bought it. And he was he was like lacking customers, you know, he didn't know what to do really. And we became friends and over a few months, he basically said, I think you should come and do some classes, you know, I think you should come and do some, some stuff in here, I'll help you promote it, we'll walk around town with flyers and stuff. I was like, let's fucking do it. So I just dropped everything, always typically my style, <laughs> just fucking put everything else down I was doing in my life. I was like, right, that's it now, I'm gonna have a fucking fitness business. And, um, yeah, I went from selling fitness classes from for £2.75. That's what we kicked it off at. <laughs> for no other reason than, like, what's what price? Oh, I don't know, fucking two or three quid. All right, I'll meet you in the middle, £2.75. And, uh, yeah, we, we packed it out. It took us about three to six months to basically just have all full classes, prices, we took them up to, like, sort of six quid a person. Started doing personal training with people, just had a full book, Basically, of of individuals, and then uh, it took us about a year to basically dominate that town. And again, just just pro- providing great service and just going out. You know, we were walking in on the streets and in the shops, and just making friends with people, like genuinely, not necessarily to always win business, but because that was our community. So we wanted to do a great job of getting people happy and healthy. You know, and I basically lived in the gym. Which is probably a true story for a lot of you listening to this. You know, I was getting up at five in the morning, and I wasn't getting back, you know, home till ten o'clock at night. Now that isn't a woe is me story either. By the way, that's uh, I was doing that because I fucking loved it, (laughs) you know. And that's still less hours than I was doing in the military and inside the family business, anyway. So super easy. And um, over time, I guess I realized that I can't. I don't have any more hours in the day, and I was hitting sort of consistently sort of five, 6,000 pounds a month, just on my own, you know, no other sort of sources of income. I was like, I reckon I can smash through the ceiling of this. And I sort of logically, intelligent guys, like what what do I need to change about this, you know, about this model in order to make some more money and not have to, you know, not have to necessarily get up at five and go to get home at 10. So I started looking for like business coaches. I literally typed in Google. I think it was the beginning of 2015, I was like, business coach. Now, at this point in time, I'd only ever experienced doing business like in person, brick and mortar, you know, things like that, where you actually, you know, shook hands with people and signed deals or whatever. Um, I was familiar that people were doing business, obviously, online and overseas. But this was my first time experiencing buying this sort of coaching. Anyway, it took me a few months. Uh, You know, I did my due diligence, as I'm sure, you know, most of you listening, uh, you know, sort of do, and I encourage that massively because I guess it's, it's important for you to know, like who you're getting into bed with and spending your money with, and can they do the thing that they said they were going to do. <laughs> I decided to go with a company called Fitpreneurs, a chap called Simon Lovell at the time, and I just really, I really married with the testimonials and what they were doing, and just the energy of the company, and um, I, I sort of decided, you know, when I booked a call, typical thing. You know, watched a webinar, booked a call, scheduled it, and uh, the the guy that spoke to me after two or three minutes, and I kind of knew where it was going. I could feel the energy of what the call was all about. I'd never experienced what now everyone's calling like a high ticket sales call at this point, um, but I was ready to buy. So after like three minutes, I was just like, "Hey, listen, don't mean to be rude or anything, but I've got to be somewhere." Do you mind just telling me the price so I can just pay? Like, I'm happy just to fucking jump into this. I trust whatever's fucking going on behind the scenes. Just tell me how much it is. Here's my card. Let's do it. <laughs> I want to say the guy's name. Uh, he has a media company now because he, when he was still working for Simon. But, yeah, I think he was a little bit shocked that I just sort of jumped in. But I think that's the sort of attitude that people need to take. Because from that, I think it was about six, $7,000. Paid all at once. You know, two three weeks into changing the business model, you know, we moved to selling, you know, high ticket packages, you know, real small small groups, more like personal training rather than lots of fitness classes. You know, we did thirty k in the first few weeks, uh, and I was the only person that was selling, you know, the the actual services and the products. So you know, we scaled pretty fast because that's what we needed, you know. And I think I think that's a again a crucial thing for a lot of trainers to hear. Sometimes you need to you need to be able to dominate your own space and get to a certain level, and be so like overwhelmed with current clients before you actually turn that switch. Because then I was just like a duck to water. I was like, sure, like, hey, right, sell for this price, wicked. And how how do you you know how do you guys normally sell it? And they're like, well, here's the framework. I was like, oh, sweet. That's kind of what I already do, <laughs> but now I've got a little bit of a bit, not a script necessarily, but you know, step one, step two do this, do that. And it was just, it was absolutely fucking marvelous. And then from there I realized after doing that for, I don't know, nine, 12 months, that the part of the business that I actually enjoyed the most was being in front of people and showing them what was possible, you know, the, the the sales portion of it. And, um, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help trainers just like I've been helped because it's fucking amazing. Um, so again, in true rich style, I put everything down and I went knocking on the fitpreneur's door. I was like, listen, I bet I could sell better than your guys. I said, I'm a great testimonial and I truly believe you know in this, um, in this coaching and this product. And I basically knocked on his door until he let me go work for him. And I went and worked for them for 13 months, made some great money, helped a lot of people. And then uh, we parted ways. And then I've uh, sort of been richwellington.com since then. So since about end of 2016, beginning of 2017, something like that. And then uh, basically since then I've had the opportunity to work with, you know, guys that have sold for Russell Brunson and, you know, mastermind clients of Sam Ovens and people like that. You know, it's been been wicked. Honestly, it's been really fantastic just to think – that I went from selling fucking DVDs to Dodgy Dave, you know, in my family shop when I was 15, and now you know people come knocking on my door and sending me emails asking me all sorts of fucking wicked advice, and I just you know got to stay humble with it. I think sometimes because it could easily yeah, it could easily take your ego down a down a strange path. So anyway, as condensed as it could, Alex, that's that's a little bit about me and you know, my my sales experience, life experience.
0: There we have it, guys. I think that's the um, probably the longest intro in the history of this podcast. Right.
1: <laughs> well, now, now there's like you know you can ask me loads of weird questions and stuff, and people don't need to wonder who this fucking guy is. So
0: uh, I could have done it faster, but you know you'd... it's great. It's great, and I want to go. Um, I want to go back specifically to something that I heard you say about that decision to get on the phone call with this um, company that you'd been watching, you'd be looking at their testimonials and stuff. And I think this is relevant to what we do and, and the whole sales process as a whole is you went into that situation and you were just ready to buy. So they didn't even need to take you through a sales process and you were ready to buy. So this is potentially a secret here that we're uncovering that the sale doesn't necessarily start on the call or in the console or in the taster. It starts a long time before that. And what are the, what are the things that, that happened? What were you exposed to? What impressions were you served before you got on that call that helped you make such a concrete buying decisions and spend a lot of money? Yeah. So
1: like for me, I'm quite a compulsive buyer. I, I sit in that category, you see, and not everyone sits in that category. You know, like I just fucking go and get a massive house, get fucking BMW, do this, do that. Do you know what I mean? Like if the money's there, I'll just want to spend it. But like money's attracted to speed, you know, something I've learned over the last few years. So if you just sat on a little nest egg of money, that also creates complacency, you know, I've found. Oh, that's all right. I don't need to work as hard. I've got all this money in the fucking bank, get it spent, (laughs) you know, invest it in something that's going to bring you more money because you need to continue making money. Right. But what was I exposed to in terms of that business? Um, you know, I watched, I watched all the testimonials and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm great with people so I can see, you know, where people's pains are quite intuitive because I got brought up by, by women. So I've got that, that sort of female element about me. And I was watching all these testimonials. And egotistically, I was watching, I was thinking, I could do fucking way better than you. I could do that. There's like, it's like nothing any of you guys have said that you struggled with that I can't overcome or achieve myself. Um, so I was happy. I was happy. Like, you know, if they'd have said 10 grand, 15 grand, you know, I would have found the money. Because I wanted to know what took them from being where I was at to fucking where I wanted to be, which was like, what's this, what's this fucking secret that everyone's, you know, going on about, you know? And when you're, when you're sort of seasoned in, in sales and stuff, I'm like, there's something I'm missing here. (laughs) You know what I mean? So the conditioning was just, you know, the testimonials for me more than anything else. That was just Mm. something I just watched. I watched every single fucking one of them. And then as well, I, um, I went and friended a couple of the people from the testimonials. I dropped them a message and I was like, How are we getting on with this? You know, with this coaching. I was like, It's fucking mint. I was like, Class. I was like, I'm off to go book a call today and I'm going to fucking buy it. And they're like, Yeah, do it. Best thing you ever do. And that's exactly what I did. I just jumped
0: straight into it. Mm. I think like we're uncovering some things here that we wouldn't normally cover in terms of like when you think about sales. Like when we think about sales, it's about okay taking people through a phone call or a script or handling objections. When in actual fact, the sales process is is much broader. When you're in business, and what's clear from there is they've built an amazing product, they've documented the results, and they're getting great results. And their customers are speaking about them in a positive way. So. It, they're effectively warming you up before you get to the phone call yeah. to then make the sales process much smoother.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that and that's why a lot of businesses now, you know, they call their people that are on the phone, they call them closers because they've done such a great job with their marketing and their messaging up front that, that that's basically what they're there for. They're basically just to, you know, explain, like, hey, like, let's make sure this is a fucking good fit, genuinely, as long as that business is, you know, filled with um uh (laughs) people that have got your best intentions at heart let's say that uh you know because I think a lot of that stuff about uh we're gonna make sure this is a good fit I think people just fucking read off scripts I don't know if Alex agrees with me or not and sometimes that's a little bit annoying because that makes everyone else look like uh they're bank robbers and then (laughs) you know you get to ask questions about the program talk about cost Usually at that point, if you've done a great job of your marketing and your messaging, the only objection should be, oh, fucking hell, I've not got 20,000 right now. Do you do a payment plan? Yeah, we do. Sweet. Let's fucking get started. <laughs> you
0: know, It shouldn't be any more complicated than that, in all honesty. Mm. I want to make this super practical for anyone listening because um, there'll be like personal trainers in commercial gyms, maybe working out studios, maybe some people that Uh, are building online businesses and and client bases and they might not have all this credibility testimonials and really strong marketing yet and so it's kind of crucial when they do get interest and they get people on a phone call or in a consultation or in a taster that that process is pretty solid to position them in a compelling way Mm -hmm. to help make a buying decision so I'd like to dive into that, maybe some like key steps or some things that you share with your students or clients that really just helps them get into like a good process of sales, of selling people, selling fitness. What would be some of the key things that, that you teach your, your students or clients?:
1: Yeah, got it. I mean, I coined something uh, about a year and a half ago now. I was like, how can I turn what I know? into like, um, you know, a methodology. Because it's quite difficult, you know, because like yourself, Alex, you know, you've been in, involved with sales for, you know, for a long time and it just becomes sort of instinct, you know, when you're talking to people and you're like, you've got the best intentions at heart. Mm. But then when you finally go to put pen to paper and be like, right, how do I carbon copy what I do? You know, it's like, oh, shit. Um, I've got a great friend, it's uh, called Simon Mitchell. Uh, he owns Iron Paradise Fitness and he's very analytical, and he helped me take my crazy ENFP brain and put it onto paper and sort of organize it all and um, managed to call it the the 3C method. Dead simple, it's just uh, communicate, connect, and close. And this is basically what I've used and sort of honed in on without realizing from being sort of 9, 10 years old. So my, my personal belief is that you have to do a great job of being a communicator first. First and foremost, if you've not got the personal confidence, you know, to overcome, like, your own stuff, you're never going to be able to sit in front of, stand in front of, or be on the phone with somebody else, you know, talking about their problems. So one of the first things I actually get people to do is, you know, we do with like a, a personal breakthrough for that person. So before I even work with somebody, like, I help them uncover, like, what's stopping them from... I don't know, raising their prices, being scared of getting on their phone or, you know, like taking phone calls and things like that. And usually it's something that's happened to them, you know, when they were younger or, you know, some limiting belief, something they've experienced during you know, their childhood, etc. And then once people figure out that, hey, I can fucking overcome that, I could probably overcome anything. And I really want to help other people do that. They've got the excitement then to want to be in the sales situation. And then, so there's obviously a lot more to that, but then the, the connection part is like understanding you have to be present with people when you're on the phone or when you're in person. If you're distracted by your own shit or stuff that's going on around you, you're never ever going to be able to listen to the depth that that person needs. Because if, let's be honest with each other, if someone's applying to come and talk to you, an expert, a personal trainer, you know, a nutritionist, whatever you are, They've got problems in their life, right? So you're not doing them a fucking service if you're not sat there being present, both ears wide open, making notes, you know, loads of eye contact. If you're not doing that, then what's the fucking point? So you've got to be able to connect, but usually you're not able to do that until you've started understanding that you need to break through your own ship. So there's a little bit of a process with this. And then, (coughs) excuse me, the closing portion, that's where the, the least amount of weight is actually put in this process. So if you're looking at like a little bar chart, communication, like we spend a lot of time, you know, breaking through your own stuff, learning how to communicate, the connection portion. You know, like I send people out to the shops and I say to them, like, you know, next time you're just scanning your veggies through at Tesco's, just get into a conversation with the person at the at the Zapper. Ask them, like, hey, what's going on with your day? How are you doing? And And skip past that like surface level stuff be like no really like lean into the fucking space and be like no really are you all right like what's going on you know and see if you can start to elicit some emotion just for some you know from some normal day-to-day things that you're actually doing the closing portion at that point if you've done a great job of communicating a great job of connecting with that person and your heart felt in, in meaning in what you're doing then that person will want to come and join you. They will want to buy the solution to their problem. You know, and I've, you know, like like Alex you know, you'll have a fucking framework and you know, like script help and things like that. That's all really useful. But until you fix the human element that goes into these strategies and tactics, all of the other shit's fucking useless. That's what I've experienced, you know, from working with people. But there you go. There's
0: a little bit of an idea. No, I I couldn't agree more with that because like we talk about these scripts and methodologies and framework and all that stuff and it's great and it's good to have a structure, but it is still a human interaction, it's still a human experience and so you have to be human. You have to like use extreme empathy and like you said, listen intently to the problems that they're telling you to help you solve the problem. So you can have all the scripts and methodologies and frameworks in the world, but if you, you can't, like you said, communicate and connect properly, then it's going to seem too superficial and then there's going to be a lack of trust. And if there's lack of trust, then there's not going to be any commitment. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and, some, and sometimes as well, dude, you know, pe- people have to be really – like you have to be brutally honest with yourself, you know, because I've met a lot of people and they're just – like their hearts just not in wanting to sell, you know. So if you're one of those people, I don't know. Sometimes you might need to look at having someone else come into the business and 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 do that for you, you know. Maybe figure out your reasons why, or if it's just that you don't want to do that role. That's fucking cool, you know. But I find most people they want to, they want to take that thing on. They want to be able to facilitate the change, you know,
0: for that person, and that's you know that's exciting when people are like that. Let's just explore that um, that point you just made then about people sometimes wanting to take a step back or they want to avoid sales. People say it all the time to me, I don't want to be salesy, I don't want to be pushy. Right? We hear these terms all the time. What do you think's going on there, Rich? From like working with sales guys and being in sales yourself, what do you think's going on in, in, in the minds of those people who are kind of pushing it away versus embracing it as something that they need to build a business.
1: Yeah, dude. I think even now, you know, with the amount of, you know, I've got my phone here in my hand and I can access anything in the world and we're here on laptops and we're doing this amazing thing talking from one side of the country to the other, but people are still programmed to believe that salespeople are just there to take people's pants down and steal their wallets, right? So if you've never, if you've not experienced being like a sales professional and it's your thing and you're like, you know, proud to do it, or maybe even like myself, I, you know, I didn't realize I was a salesperson, you know, I was, I was just considering myself to be a communicator, you know, a facilitator more than anything else. Unfortunately, the masses, you know, if you threw someone onto a car sales pitch straight away, you know if uh, the one of the guys or the girls starts approaching you like oh shit here we go going to try and fucking sell us something you know if you go into a shop even now you know you go to like over here in the UK got PC world and your curries and stuff you know you go into one of those shops you get people people approaching you if you watch what the um the customer does if you stand back and watch how they react to people oh no 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 they don't even turn their bodies towards that salesperson they're just like oh they keep their back or their side like protecting themselves as if it's like a threat so i think when people take on the the responsibility of running their own business and all of a sudden it's like you're gonna have to sell yourself you're gonna have to sell your products you're gonna have to sell your services straight away there's all this preconditioning that comes to the forefront of their minds oh no i don't like being sold to that's probably a big uh, you know probably a big one for a lot of people people that struggle to sell don't like uh, don't like being sold to they don't like spending money uh, you know uh, that's not necessarily a broad a broad broad stroke statement but i do tend to find that
0: with you know with a lot of people <clears throat> um, no, I, I agree with that point um, because i've i've heard that same thing come up people are like oh i don't want to be that guy that approaches people I don't want to be that guy that sells things or that girl that sells things because they're drawing on those experiences of not, not enjoying the process of being sold to Yeah. because they've probably never been sold to by an expert because if they'd been sold to by an expert, they'd know that it's nothing more than a very in-depth conversation where they're actually there to help you make a a conscious decision to make a change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 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 And if, um, you know, for, for anyone that, that has been involved in sales, you know, uh, for, for, a, for a while or even just for a little bit, you'll, you can be able to resonate with this. You know, I say no to more people than I say yes to. You shouldn't, you know, if you are a, a fitness business owner, you shouldn't be uh, pitching, i.e. offering services to every single person you speak to. Because the the whole idea of having that consult, that breakthrough call, you know, whatever you've coined it, is to genuinely find out, like, can you help this person? And are they in, like, a ready position to come and take on the the responsibilities and the the high level or degree of change that you're offering? Because that's what it's all about, right? We're all about transforming people's lives. Mm. So uh, until you really get into um and i like the way sam ovens uh talks about it he talks about accurate diagnosis you know i love that because that's exactly what it is and that positions you then as like in your own mind at least unless you are a real doctor as a doctor right because we all put ultimate trust into doctors or at least most of us do you know i know some people don't like doctors but anyway that's like preconditioning again for for the masses is you go into a doctor's office and you just like can tell me tell me what the fucking solution is i've told you the problem my pants around my ankles what cream do i need to fucking put on this doc you know so you need to hold the same sort of line when you're helping people inside your health and fitness business you know they've come to you with a genuine problem you know so provide the accurate diagnosis like here's what it is here's what we're going to fucking do about it you know here's the offer if you can't help them tell them you can't help them <laughs> Send them to the person that can down the
0: street or, you know, the other trainer online or whatever it is, you know? Mm. Sounds like someone's given you access to my program, Rich. That's um, pretty much my whole approach to this. Sales is is pretty much positioning yourself as a doctor.
1: Yeah. Well, I, so, call it,
0: I call it the doctor framework. Yeah, the same, like, because I've got the same experience from, from being a consultant at, um, A property consultant where you position yourself as an expert and you have to do a diagnosis, just like a doctor would, and you do uh, the correct diagnosis in order to prescribe the best solution. And so it's just a, a process that you go through to do the correct questioning, but then give the correct product in response to the questioning just like a doctor would. Yeah. So uh, I, lo- I love that analogy. And um, I think that's all people need to really think about in in a process like that, is diagnose something, find a painful problem, and then basically give them a prescription, a solution, provided you can fix it. Yeah, Right. You can't give them the wrong pills or medication if you're just not up to the job. You gotta step down, because you owe it to people, particularly if you're selling fitness, health, and nutrition, and you're not qualified, then you shouldn't be taking it on, but I think that's where the difficult line is for a lot of people. Because when you've not got enough, not got enough clients, then you're going to want to take anything you can get your hands on. Yeah, that's where the grey areas are in in the sales process. And maybe that's why people don't like salespeople because they don't always feel like they're doing it for the right reasons.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I get this. There's some. There's a little bit of a catch twenty two. You know, for 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 some personal trainers, like you know, I'm, I'm like yourself. I'm, I'm connected with a lot of personal trainers on Facebook and everywhere else, and I see this kind of post a lot, right? Where they'll say, um, "Obviously, these people haven't received our help, Alex. Uh, um, I'm I'm going to can it in. Uh, not making any money as a PT. Tried my hardest. I've won all these competitions. Looking for a career change. You know that that's sad." Right, that's sad. But then there's this catch-22 where this person's like, oh, I don't want to be salesy, <laughs> but they're in, like, genuine need. Like, we all we, we all require money. We all require that exchange of energy, you know, if you don't want to necessarily look at money and, you know, think of it as a bad thing, you know. Like, if I give you this, you need to give me that. It's really fucking as simple as that. But then going into a situation where you need money, right? That makes everything completely fucking different. I don't, I don't you know, I don't, again, I don't know what your experiences of, you know, working with your people, but when people are like desperate for money, it, again, it doesn't matter like what amazing frameworks, tactics, strategies, or whatever you use, you can fucking meditate before a call if you like, but if you take the wrong energy into that situation, people know whether it's conscious or subconscious that you're trying to take something from them rather than
0: give to them, right? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. And um, this is something that I explain to to our students, but also something that I practice myself is like removing myself from the situation as much as possible. Mm. So taking my needs to sell or make money in that one moment, removing myself from the situation and then deploying extreme empathy and basically getting into the seat with them or next to them and seeing it from their perspective and helping them make a decision based on where they're at and not making it about me. Sales shouldn't be about us. Yeah, we get rewarded. Yes, we make a sale. Yes, we can make a commission. Great. But it's about helping other people and particularly with fitness professionals who say, I don't want to come across as salesy well, guess what? You're being selfish. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. It's about them. If you chose this industry, you didn't choose it to make money. You could make a ton more money in other industries. Generally, people choose this industry to help people. So it shouldn't be about you. It should be about them and their needs and what they want and helping them make the right decision. I think people need to have a change of perspective when approaching these situations. It's not about you. It's about them. Absolutely. And like, w- without
1: getting, you know, too deep on myself, I, um, I I'll, I'll look at myself now, obviously, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing and I'm a little bit older and, you know, I've got children and stuff, but I see myself as a servant. That might seem really bizarre, but I definitely see like what I've experienced in life and what, what I've been through, you know, being younger, being older, and all the knowledge I'm here to like, just give to other people. I try, I do struggle, you know, with that balance of like making sure I'm giving back to myself, you know, recharging and things like that. But I'm definitely a servant, you know, and I don't know, the the people that I see thrive in a a giving industry like, you know, health and fitness. You've been a trainer, nutritionist and stuff. The people that I see really thrive are those that are just prepared to just give it out, you know, help people no matter what, you know, all the time those that are just in it for the money, like Alex said, you know, potentially go find something else to do <laughs> you know, because the, the industry needs those servants needs those givers because a lot of people need healing. You know, there's more obesity now in the world than there's ever been, but there's fucking like X amount, how many more fucking trainers, you know, what's that all about? You know, we need, uh, we need those givers in my opinion.
0: Hmm. And then the cool thing about all that is the biggest givers, like you said, they will get rewarded the most anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it goes full circle. Like if you're the biggest giver, you're going to be the biggest receiver. How how you do one thing, it's a mirror and you get it back. And it's the same with if you're not prepared to spend money on yourself, then why the fuck would anyone spend money on you? correct right if you're not going to invest in you if you're not going to have the uh, the courage to invest in yourself people are not going to see the confidence to invest in you right and i like to think of it as a mirror so like if you do one thing then you should get that back so if you give 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 eventually you're going to get back because it's reciprocation right and it's the people give the most in this industry that will get the most Yep. So it's about having that mindset about going into it and just giving and giving and helping and helping. And you'll get everything you want back in return. I think it was Zig Ziglar said, um, there's a quote from him. Is it Zig Ziglar? Oh, no, I think it was Jim Rohn. I think Jim Rohn's passed now. You'll, you'll know Jim, won't you? You'll listen our, to all the... Oh, Jim. Hey, oh, Jim. I like old Jim. guys. He says something like, if you help people get what they want, you'll get everything that you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he—he he wasn't. He was referencing both uh, fulfillment and money, you know. And whether that whether money brings fulfillment for you as an individual, yeah, that's that's totally, uh, you know, totally yours to jam. But yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, something else came up, but uh, it's gone now because I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of Jim Run and Zig Ziglar.
0: <laughs> and I've run out of coffee as well while we're on that point because like i think it's like good to be able to like look at people in the marketplace and get ideas um and really upskill in these areas because going back to the point we made before about people not wanting to be salesy or pushy or all that stuff generally it's because they don't know what to do Mm. i don't i don't know how to play tennis so i fucking hate it right (laughs) I don't know how to do a lot of things, and generally, I don't like those things because I can't do them. Whereas sales, I've spent time investing it, learning in it, and with business, and I enjoy it. Like I get up and like, how can I improve my sales? How can I get better at it? I want to test it out, and it's like enjoyable. But it wasn't always like that, and I'm sure it wasn't the same for you. I'm, I'm sure it was uncomfortable. It was, it, it felt uncomfortable going through sales processes and all these things. But then you started. Like investing in programs, looking at uh, at other people, buying books, reading books, trying things, testing things. Like, What are some of the resources that you've used that anyone could access right now to really just help upskill themselves in sales and make it a more comfortable process so they can do that thing and and actually bring people into their businesses?
1: Oh, yeah, got it. Um, I think... (sighs) I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, arguably an overthinker, so I've got a great memory as well. So if you if you sort of fall into the same category as me, where you remember interactions that you have with people, and you know you like to analyse that stuff that's just being said, so that's basically the equivalent to recording a call. <laughs> so if you can do that and then go back over things that were said and turning points in conversations, that that's obviously absolutely free. You know, that's, that's a free resource to you. Um And if you've got someone that you can, like, ask, like, hey, this person said this, you know, what? Yeah, because, again, I don't know if have you guys got a free group,
0: Alex. Yeah, we've got a we've got a Facebook group with about 420 fit pros in there now.
1: There you go, right? Completely. So as we're recording
0: this, Alex
1: has got a free group, right? So I'm pretty sure Alex will be more than happy for those that like, had weird questions or like turning points in conversations with sales go and ask in the group you know ask for feedback on like you know what would you do next and Alex or you know one of his team or business partner will be able to you know pipe in and maybe help you a little bit so there's one way of doing it um YouTube actually I'm a bit of a YouTuber I like you know I like watching videos and stuff um and there's there's a few interesting people on there like I'm not a fan of him like per se, but I, I like some of the bits he says, like Dan Locke. Uh, he's quite an interesting guy to watch. You know, he's like, <laughs>
0: I think he calls himself the king of high-ticket sales. Yeah. Uh, you I know- I an interview with him with, uh, I think it was Vince Del Monte the other day. He's got like a 3 million pound a month funnel right now. So he, he is doing big money. But yeah. yeah, he brand himself as the high-ticket closer, right? <laughs>
1: I love it. And then there's, um, yeah, so him, yeah, I've watched a few of his videos. I think there's some good things about objections and stuff like that. The only thing I do find about Dan sometimes is um, some of his stuff is a bit obnoxious. So, like, the way he would potentially talk to someone, if I, like, spoke to a fellow Yorkshire person like that, they'd just slap me around the face and walk off. Right. So sometimes little nuances from where you're from, you might have to allow for those things. So like I would never expect an American to be able to teach me how to sell to my fellow people and community. You're going to know those people better than anyone. So there's there's the little insider so youtube's a great resource you know look for sales stuff i think the wolf of wall street guy does some videos there's like whiteboard wednesday and stuff like that he's a great guy to listen to and there's a bunch of books as well uh which i think is amazing you know that you can pick books up off amazon like i could order a book now and it'd be here in 12 hours uh, a lot of it like with with sales i wouldn't say there's like a specific book that say go pick that up and it's going to fucking change your sales life like most of those books that I've just referenced to like to do with like changing your headspace, you know, and, and, you know, feeling good about yourself and learning about business in terms of like actual or potential frameworks. Again, Alex probably, you know, gives sales frameworks away to you guys and helps you out with stuff like that. I think you're better off doing something like that that's specific to your industry and that's understood by an expert. Uh, like Alex and his team, rather than you know looking out to other places.
0: Hmm. We took a little bit of a segue there in terms of like the books and stuff, um, but I want to bring it back round to a couple of things that you touched on, which is obviously like th- the mindset stuff, but also like the confidence, because like I find this to be one of the most fundamental things in the the process of building a business and sales as well. And we were having this chat, weren't we, about how people sell their programs. They've always got certain things in there, mindsets always in there. It's always in these programs, <laughs> yeah. these programs like you can't escape it. And it's because it's so, so important. And once you start like acknowledging that, you see people talking about it all the time. So if you look at anyone that's successful at selling or building a business or doing anything amazing, they always reference back to the the way they think or their habits or their confidence or their belief systems. Um, And I find that a lot with our students is, the ones who are winning generally have winning mindsets. Yeah, they've got the the mindset that I'm gonna make this work. I've got the confidence, I've got the tools I'm gonna execute on it. And they have their dips and their down days, but generally speaking, they're controlling their mindset better than people that are not doing as well. And they're getting better results. Because they're just going into the situations feeling positive versus feeling negative. And I think like just this thing alone, even if you didn't have a better sales script, even if you didn't have better marketing, if you just had a better mindset, you'd actually get more clients. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. If you're
1: a a victim mentality, um, you know, Crying about woe is me all the time and stuff. Pe- people aren't going to want to come and work with you. They'll they'll be repelled. <laughs> they'll potentially look at you as weak and want to try and help you, you know, and give you handouts. Whereas if you're the leader, because pe- people want to be led by other people, there's this real lack of leaders right now because there's this um, follow followership, you know, followership mentality you know, with everything that we're doing. You don't need to look at reality TV and the way that social media is to see that. There's not actually a great deal of strong-minded, you know, thick-backed individuals that know how to pick people up out of the dirt and get them fucking moving. Really fucking simple. So if you can work, and yeah, and the problem with this as well is you have to be, just like wanting to be in the industry and be a giver, you have to genuinely want to be a leader. And if you can do that and you can then take on the responsibility of what being a leader means, that means then you've, you have to wake up every day and fulfill that and fill those fucking boots. And by doing that, people will look at you and be like, I want to be led by that guy. I want to be led by that woman. They are powerful. I want them to fucking drag me through the dirt. I trust you know, because of the conviction that they do everything with, that they're going to be able to help me through that situation as well. So most definitely, if you, like, imagine a life of where you are the leader and you're, like, pulling these people along and you're helping everybody and you've got this, like, tribe around you, the the first person you need to start with is yourself, you know. So a couple of books that honestly really changed my perspective on this and opened my eyes, like uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Hendricks, like, the the gin, not Jimmy. Um What's the other one? Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway uh, by Susan Jeffers. Very simple ways of explaining about fear and about the the upper limiting syndrome that we all suffer from, no matter who you are, whether you're Richard Bloody Branson or whether you're Sue from next door. Two really great books. Um, And again, just help you step into and strip back what's been covering up You know who
0: you really are. Mm, I love that book, by the way, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway.
1: Yeah. I'm rereading it again now. So I'm like, I'm just harping on about it to everybody that I meet and see at the minute. I'm like, got to read it again. It's a bloody brilliant book. Bloody brilliant that book is.
0: Six ninety nine off Amazon Prime. Go get it. <laughs> He's making commissions off the back of it, guys. He's a truth seller, guys. He's probably got an affiliate. <laughs> if only I had, I would definitely make at least eight pence on every book. Why don't we just dive into a couple of principles there cuz like one of the um the things I want to do more on this podcast is like veer into the mindset and and self-care and all these things cuz I think they're just as important as all the strategies that you can that you can deploy cuz mm-hmm. one without the other is not as potent and I really want to equip people with the skills they actually need which is one controlling their mind and looking after themselves but also having then the strategies, the skills, the approaches to then execute and, and build a business versus just sitting in a corner and just meditating. Um, mm-hmm. So like feel the fear and do it anyway. What are some of like the key principles from there that you like um, that everyone should know? Yeah,
1: got it. I, th- I think the thing that really stood out uh, a couple of days ago when I read through it, and I've, I've, again, I've been preaching it a little bit because it just reminded me, was um, she talks about like three levels of fear and how's like this top stuff, and it's like, oh, scared of uh, this relationship ending or this happening, re- rejection. Level two goes a little bit deeper, um, and I can't—I I can't remember exactly what she coined as level two, but basically, level three is what we want to be understanding of ourselves and other people. And basically, when we boil it down into its potency, uh, that the fear is basically, I can't handle it, like whatever's coming up. You know, you don't have the confidence to be able to handle it, which is just preposterous. You know, if you like, if you're listening to this right now, you've got through however many years of your life. Number one, you were bloody born, (laughs) so you survived like the hardest test that anybody's ever going to have to go through. You know, swimming through stuff with no arms and legs, and then surviving for however many months. You fucking made it. Congratulations. You know you're fucking special. You can pretty much handle anything else that's thrown at you. It's really difficult to kill a human being, believe it or not. So that that for me is, is a real standout thing. He's like, you know, here's the secret she <laughs> sort of alludes to. She says basically people are scared that they can't handle it. So yeah, that that was a really important one.
0: We'll stick this book in the show notes. I think everyone should read that book. Yeah, it would be um, a good place to to start when it comes to like self-development or reading books, if you're not already in this sort of space. Um, yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that one as well. I'll be reading that one again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible.
1: Like, like my, my attention span, if you can't tell by the speed that I talk, I'm just, I'm quite excitable. I love being with people. That's like where where I thrive. So sometimes, you know, sitting down, if you're like one of these people where you're like, oh, I can't read, fucking hell, really struggle. I'm, I'm the same. Like one of my goals for this year was basically to read a book a month. Um, so far I've started five books and I've only been about a quarter to halfway through each one. <laughs> but I try my best, right? You know, I, I absorb the, the stuff that I'm reading, but then I'm like, oh, I just want to go and action this stuff. <laughs> Come back to that book, you know, two, three weeks later. I'm like, yeah, I need something fresh now. but definitely definitely a skill i'm working on um but yeah if you can if you can plow through some of these books that alex is recommending i'll fucking change your life it's like cheapest education you'll ever get i guarantee that
0: yeah if you take action on it which is the key thing yes of course so as um i just want to say thank you so much for jumping on can't believe we're already an hour into this i think your your big intro got us through (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> sorry mate I don't know how long these normally last for you but I could just you know I could just sit
0: here and talk to you all day you're so nice right. Alex it's been good, it's been good <laughs> jamming, um, with a fellow sales guy and anyone that wants to learn more about you so about your approaches like your methods the 3C method everything you're doing right now what's what's the best way to connect with you Rich oh just Facebook I
1: tried uh, I set up a, an Instagram account uh, a few months ago and I was like, oh, I just, I don't know. I just don't get along with Instagram at all. So, yeah, Facebook, most definitely the best place. Um, but you'll see all sorts of stuff from me on there, stuff about my kids and the business and stuff like that. So if you're not into, you know, <laughs> watching pictures of, of my children come up, then you probably don't want to connect with me because I'm a bit of a fucking family guy. Uh, but, yeah, just search my name, Rich Wellington. And at the minute, my profile picture
0: is me with a big smile and a blue T-shirt on. Mm. you've also got a podcast too as well which I think people should check out for sure if they want to upgrade their sales what's that called
1: Oh yeah yeah sorry I forgot to mention that yeah it's the the transformative sales podcast and funnily enough the artwork for that it's the same as my headshot on Facebook <laughs> so you'll see that there but yeah yeah I've had some great great guys uh, great guys and girls on that so far it's been uh, it's been brilliant but- hopefully Alex will come on but now he needs to expect that we'll probably be talking for an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. All right. We're going to chuck that into the show notes as well. So we can direct people back to your show. Uh, go check that out guys. But I want to thank you so much, Rich, for coming on. It's been awesome jamming with you.
1: Ah, oh, My pleasure, dude. My pleasure. Loved it. And thanks, uh, you know, thanks everyone for listening. But I think the most important thing for, for people that have been listening today, Alex is like, if, if there's something that you, you've like learned and it's been like a, You know, an aha moment, as we all call it, a little bit of a fucking breakthrough. Now, like, continue to explore that. You know, like Alex said before, it's like, it's all about the action that you take. It's all right learning stuff, but I'd rather be around the person that, you know, learns what, learns, learns, learns once, but then actions, you know, 10,000 times than the other way around. Learns 10,000 things, but only takes one action. So, man, love it.
0: All right, man, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much again for joining us on the show, Rich. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, dude. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episodes. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, I would be really grateful if you could leave a short review or post a comment on what you'd like to hear in future episodes. And if you're a face-to-face personal trainer with room to take on additional clients, head over to coachingignited.com where you can apply for our 30 day client accelerator program and find out more about our business sales and marketing training platform. See you on the next episode.